that secrecy is repugnant in a free and open society. And we are, as a people, inherently and historically opposed to secret societies, to secret oaths. But we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy for expanding its sphere of influence on infiltration instead of invasion, on subversion instead of election, on intimidation instead of free choice, on guerrillas by night instead of armies by day. It is a system which has conscripted vast human and material resources into the building of a tightly knit, highly efficient machine that combines military, diplomatic, intelligence, economic, scientific, and political operation. Its preparations are concealed, not published. Its mistakes are buried, not headlined. Its dissenters are silent, not praised. No expenditure is questioned, no rumor is printed, no secret is revealed. A new world order. From Dallas, Texas, the flash, apparently official, President Kennedy died at 1 p.m. Central Standard Time, 2 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. A new world order. This is a different kind of war. There are no marching armies or solemn declarations. Some citizens of South Vietnam, at times with understandable grievances, have joined in the attack on their own government. A new world order. I have never been a quitter. To leave office before my term is completed is abhorrent to every instinct in my body. But as president, I must put the interests of America first. I shall resign the presidency effective at noon tomorrow. A new world order. We have before us the opportunity to forge for ourselves and for future generations. A new world order. A new world order. A new world order governs the conduct of nations. When we are successful, we will be. We have a real chance at this new world order. A new world order. An order in which a credible United Nations can use its peacekeeping role to fulfill the promise and vision of the UN's founder. A new world order. But I want to say one thing to the American people. I want you to listen to me. I'm going to say this again. I did not have sex relations with that woman, Miss Lewinsky. A new world order. 8.52 here in New York. I'm Brian Dumble. We understand that there has been a plane crash on the uh, southern tip of Manhattan. You're looking at the uh, World Trade Center. We understand that a plane has crashed into the World Trade Center. We don't know anything more than that. With Muslims. We don't have a beef with Muslims. We want to be friends with Muslims and Muslim children. A new world order. What difference at this point does it make? A new world order. The Obama administration this month has sought to rebut charges that it paid ransom for five Americans released from Iranian captivity back in January, even as senior U.S. officials now admit they withheld the 400 million assembled in hard foreign currency until they received word that the hostages were being set free, a linkage of the prisoner release to the payments that spokesmen for the State Department had previously denied. Now, in response to a report in the New York Sun, the Obama administration has confirmed that it was just two days later on January 19th that a Treasury Department account known as the Judgment Fund was used to send Iran an additional 13 payments, each for $99,999,999.99, or roughly $100 million each, to satisfy the interest that Washington negotiated with Iran. A new world order. A new world order. A new world order. Well, today the Durham report finally came out, and as suspected, FBI, DOJ acted vastly improper, raw, uncorroborated so-called evidence that they used to hound President Trump for well over two years.
try to influence the 2016 election, as well as make uh, the administration untenable following that. A new world order. But what this amounts to is influence peddling, plain and simple. It is foreign entities filling, filling the pockets of the Biden family with $10 million through a nebulous web of 20 different companies. It's an elaborate shell game. And amazingly, some of these transactions happen while Joe Biden was vice president. A new world order. Welcome to the Masquerade. And welcome to the Masquerade. I am your host, the most censored man in all of America today, or at least at one time. And I am a voice for patriots, a voice for freedom. And of course, leader of Joshua Hollicks Worldwide. I am the one and only, yours truly, the original Joshy Cox. I'm loud. And you know I'm proud. And I'm proud to be bringing you yet another episode of the Masquerade Podcast, season number four, episode six. And if you're listening, you know where you're listening at. But for other people, friends, family, you can tell them all the same. Fill them in. They need to listen to the Masquerade Podcast, and they can hear that just about every major podcast provider or hosting site out there today. Podcast, uh, Spotify, Spotify for podcasters, Deezer, Stitcher iHeart, the list goes on, Odyssey, Audible, Google Podcasts, Podcast Kicker, Podcast Go, Podcast Addict, PCAST, Podverse, Podomatic, uh, Player FM, Capsule, Listen Notes, Radio Public, it it is everywhere, if you can listen to a podcast, the, the likelihood of the Masquerade Podcast being available to you is very it's very high at this point in time so make sure you search for it if if you have friends that want to see it you can also check out the links uh, on facebook just look up the masquerade podcast uh, that's a page on facebook as well uh the links are also available on getter uh, you can find me there jay cox masquerade on uh, gap social true social for that matter as well i'm under the original joshy cox on uh true social and um Am I forgetting any TikTok? TikTok as well. Uh, LinkedIn. You can also find me, The Masquerade Podcast. Twitter, The Masquerade Podcast. Uh, you can find the links available on all of those social media platforms. So make sure you check that out. Welcome to The Masquerade. As I said, I am your host, the original Joshy Cox. Happy Monday to you. Uh, hopefully, everybody had a good weekend. Um, aside from uh, you know the, the unfortunate happenings in Canada with uh, having the wildfires. Um, you know, it's been beautiful weather, at least for myself here in Pennsylvania. Today, we finally uh, had some rain, and that's the first uh, really any significant rain that we've had in several weeks. So it has been beautiful weather in central PA, and, uh, you know, couldn't ask for anything more to, to start out a, a summer season, which is my favorite season. That's just my own personal feelings. I love the summertime. Here in the north in Pennsylvania, it gets a little bit cold in the wintertime, and it seems like our summer season is normally abbreviated. Um, <clears throat> our, se- our spring usually, you could say March, but in all likelihood, uh, it really spring doesn't feel like spring until about at least midway through April. And then we get April, you get May, and then summertime kicks in about the end of May or beginning of June. And then next thing you know, it's gone by about mid, uh, mid-September. But it's that time of year. Uh, I know a lot of people are going to be starting their uh, their family vacations. Whoever can still uh, afford to do so at this rate, as uh, gas prices remain high, and that's you know the Biden administration. It, it's just it's such total bullshit with the lies that they purport. You know, I keep hearing about. Uh, I just saw on Twitter the other day somebody talking about the booming economy. 
And I couldn't help myself. The question that I had to ask was, where is this booming economy that you're speaking of? I, I didn't know if maybe I've been in hibernation, uh, maybe if I uh, fell out in a coma and did not realize it or what the uh, case may be because I have not seen a booming economy. Maybe I'm not living in the proper part of the country. Maybe it's in another region or maybe it's in another region of the world that they're speaking of because I have yet to see a booming economy. I have yet to see really prices drop on much of anything. Maybe if you look at a one-year comparison in gasoline, um, it might have come down about a dollar where I live, per, and that's per gallon price. But that we can't celebrate that really, can we? I mean, considering that it never should have reached that level to begin with. In the you know prior administration, prior to the Biden administration, the administration before, uh, they had much lower gas prices, and that, that stayed on a, a really even keel also uh, throughout a four-year stretch for the most part. Yeah, to me, celebrating gas prices that are still where I live anyway are still hovering around the three dollar and seventy-five cents mark per gallon. That is not something that I'm I'm willing to uh, to celebrate and call that a booming economy. Uh, I was just at the grocery store later or earlier today, and I did not see any resemblance of a booming economy. None, because the prices have not fallen. In fact, the prices continue to go up. Now, I, where I live, we do not have much competition, and that is going to be one factor. Obviously, if you have a competitive market, you're going to see competitive pricing. It's going to force other you know, companies uh, to lower their prices to be able to stay in competition, and and that's always a good thing, and that's why you know a, a lot of this um, this regime is all about destroying capitalism. When capitalism is actually what creates a competitive marketplace, but that's for another day. We have more to talk about, and uh, we're we get right to it. I guess that that's the most important thing to do, and uh, we will talk about the United States House of Representatives and the mess that we still have there. I'm still reeling about. Uh, the whole raising the debt ceiling crisis, the Fiscal Responsibility Act of 2023 that uh, Speaker of the House Kevin McCarthy continues to gloat with a swelled head as he uh, finished up you know, the, the beginning of June and the May beginning of June taking victory laps as if he had just won uh, you know, NASCAR's uh, prestigious championship or the Indy 500 uh, because I don't see any reason of why he would have been celebrating that as a win when really there was no win for the American people, maybe for certain members of the Republican Party, but there is no win involved for the American people. And in fact, I still uh, expect plenty of uh, just irresponsible spending along the way, even since raising the debt ceiling, because they will be able to mark that up uh, under the guise of Department of Defense. And I expect that to happen. And that, you know, that was a thing as soon as that deal was signed, even before being signed, Cocaine Mitch McConnell, uh, you know, the the Senate minority leader for the Republican Party for the GOP, he was already saying about uh, complaining, basically, about the fact that it's going to limit money for defense and how much money we're going to need because of China. We need more. We're going to need more in Asia, blah, blah, blah. We're not doing enough there. And, and then he says his exact words were, and of course, uh, Ukraine's probably going to need some more help as well. How much more are we going to give Ukraine until we have an inspector general put in place? I don't care about Ukraine. Maybe you folks at home do. And, and if you do, you know, I'm sorry that, you know, I have an objective opinion that is different from yours, but I also do an extensive amount of research and that does not re that does not revolve around watching Fox News. 
we're MSNBC, CNBC, NBC, ABC, CBS, uh, you know, none of the major networks. CNN, uh, obviously not, who, I mean, they are having a fire sale over there at CNN. Uh, yeah, I gotta, you gotta love it. Uh, just another firing, um, and I think a lot of that was due to the Trump Town Hall, but uh, that's here or there. But you, you can't take the information that's being given to you and spoon-fed. You need to find it on your own, and then you would understand at least where I'm coming from, and that's why, why I do what I do. I'm happy to be bringing you Season 4, Episode 6 of the Masquerade Podcast because I have vetted, verified information, and I wouldn't put something out otherwise that is not, in fact, that, um, regardless of what TikTok seems to feel. Uh, you know, I, I spoke of in, in the last uh, show, Episode 5, I talked about uh, some of the things that involved Marjorie Taylor Greene and showed just her, her overall, print. if nothing else, I showed her overall principal purpose of being a member of Congress was not to benefit the American people as much as it is to enrich her own life, which is a problem that we continue to see in Congress. Uh, and, and just about every level, every branch of government, at least on the United States end of it, and I, I really feel as though it's that way in the state government as well. Too many people go into public service because it, it's not about public service to them, it's about their own service. It, which is just a total walking, talking contradiction to public servants, but, you know, that, that's what it is. And I think me and, uh, you know, you and our friends, our family, we're all responsible for this. We, it's, we created this mess, and it's up to us to fix it. And, and that's what I do. And then to me, it's also about uh, your journalistic integrity. If, you know, I'm a conservative, and I think I made that point uh, in the last show. I'm going to make it again right now. I am not a member of the Republican Party. I admit to that. But I am a conservative. I am anything but a liberal. I am not a progressive or a moderate Democrat. I am a conservative. Blood in and blood out. Plain as day. I'm just not a member of the Republican Party. And I'm showing everybody why I'm not willing to be a part of that party. And again, as I said, Marjorie Taylor Greene. And I, I put the same, I, uh, the same exact facts that I used. Every source was cited from... Uh, where the majority of those sources were cited from Congress.gov and the financial disclosures that she had released, that she is mandated and responsible for releasing. She has an obligation to we, the people of the United States, to file those financial disclosures. And TikTok took it off, and they said that it was misinformation. That was their original um, violation of community guidelines that they had hit me with was for misinformation. So, of course, I contact their tech support. Um, and I also submitted an appeal, and I give them all my reasons, which is the fact that this is vetted, vetted verified information that can be found at a government website. It wasn't a .com. It wasn't a .net. It, it was congress.gov, G-O-V. So that's not misinformation when it's information that MTG actually filed. It was her own disclosures, and they removed my, uh, my post on TikTok with all that information showing that she, despite what she says, you know, in front of the TV cameras, that she's not in this to help the American people. That if, if she does help and benefit us, that, that's the secondary cause of why she does what she does. And that's exactly the same case with Kevin McCarthy. And I can show that with his financial disclosures and show how uh, just his overall investment portfolio has grown substantially since entering into the political arena in the state of California, uh, you know, representing Hank and B, he began with, uh, representing the 20th district. Now he represents the 23rd congressional district in California. He's from Bakersfield. And you can't trust him whatsoever. And back to McCarthy, he was complaining about, you know, Ukraine needing more money. 
Well, part of the deal, supposedly, this is allegedly, was that uh, the negotiations that ended up becoming between the four big power men, which was President Biden, uh, Chuck Schumer, the uh, the majority Senate leader of the Democratic Party out of New York, uh, as well as McC- uh, McConnell, uh, Mitch McConnell, who is the uh, majority leader out of Kentucky, or the minority leader out of Kentucky in the Senate. Sorry about that. And then you have Kevin McCarthy, who is the Speaker of the House and was a majority leader for the Republican Party in Congress in the, in the House of Representatives. And part of the deal that is being alleged by Schumer and McConnell, anyway, is that McCarthy agreed to a later spending deal that would be for primarily Ukraine aid before the year is over, and that would be part of the expenses. Uh, and th- to me, that how does that say that that rescinds uh, you know, reckless spending by Democrats. That does not whatsoever. And this deal is actually supposed to not be going under the Department of Defense, which then, you, you know, that could actually be placed, and that's how, if you read the context of that, um, ir- uh, that irresponsible uh, fiscal spending bill or whatever the hell it was called again, of uh, 2023, the, the context of that bill specifically states uh, rescinding non-obligated funds, which Department of Defense would be considered obligated. So they would have spent more money. Well, I thought that at one point that Kevin McCarthy was opposed to spending more money uh, when it comes to Ukraine. Uh, as he made that comment, actually, he had made two different comments, both uh, contradictory to one another, uh, which, of course, you know, that's, that's par for the course. But I am about to play you a clip so let, you can hear for yourself. Now, uh, on this feed, I don't think the, that the audio is... Um, it's not the greatest, but I'm going to let you hear it anyway. And on this clip, he's actually talking to or answering questions from the media. Um, and this was actually, I think, while he was in Israel uh, on one of his many lavish trips uh, that some of the congressmen uh, ha- had the p- privilege of making. And at the end, I'm also going to let you listen to uh, the comments then and the commentary made by Richard Hawes. Now, Richard Hawes, the significance there and why I'm going to have you hear that is Richard Hawes happens to be the acting president of the Council on Foreign Relations. Keep in mind, folks, for those of you unaware, the Council on Foreign Relations of the CIA just happened to be the powers to be. They control everything about our United States government. And, you know, of course, the politicians will say otherwise, but that's because they all work covertly. They control who gets elected. They control who gets unelected or does not win their reelection. And in my mind and from much of the research and uh, the extensive studies that I have uh, put into this and uh, the information that I have devoured, they control much of the White House policy. They are a branch of the New World Order. They are in place actually by the Rockefellers and the Rothschild families the, in terms of the, at least the people uh, involved in the Council on Foreign Relations. But I, I truly believe that the CIA is set up and established with the same structure as the Council on Foreign Relations. And between the two, which in, in addition to also the Bilderberg Group, that's who rules the world. So here, we're going to let you take a listen. This was a Russian reporter actually asking questions. And I think that is somewhat of the reason that uh, McCarthy was able to puff his chest out and act like he had a backbone uh, in this regard. And then afterwards, you will hear from Richard Hawes from the Council on Foreign Relations, followed by a more recent uh, pressing of Kevin McCarthy, where he ends up uh, speaking out against more aid for Ukraine and he completely undoes what he did before, which that, and if he would stick to that story, I would then support him. But instead, he first promises and then he rescinds. Here, you take a listen and deserve for yourselves. Kevin McCarthy. 
We know that uh, you don't support uh, the current unlimited and uh, uncontrolled uh, supplies of weaponry and aid to Ukraine. So can you comment, is it possible if in the near future uh, the U.S. policy regarding sending weaponry to Ukraine will change? Yeah, I'm not sure. The, the, the sound here is not good. Did he say, I don't support aid to Ukraine? No, I vote for aid for Ukraine. I support aid for Ukraine. I do not support what your country has done you to, to Ukraine. I do not support your killing of the children either. And I think for one standpoint, you should pull out. And I don't think it's right. And we will continue to support because the rest of the world sees it just as it is. Well, it was good for several reasons. Yeah. One, it was a great message to Russia for them to hear because they're counting uh, that they're, you know, the Republicans aren't going to support aid. They're wrong. Indeed, the administration is confident it has the votes when this comes up again, probably uh, this summer or, or fall. It was also good that he said it in Israel. Yeah. Because Israel's been hedging its bets all along between Russia wow. and Ukraine. So the fact that McCarthy was that clear, that black and white on this issue was actually good. You know, it doesn't get rid of all the questions about whether we're going to have all the ammunition and equipment to send them. We can't sustain the race that the war is using up. Doesn't solve problems of manpower for Ukraine. But right. as a political signal, really, really good. Thing. So that was Richard Hawes, and I'm sure really in the back of his mind he was thinking, good little puppet, yeah, you're doing our bidding for us and doing what you're being told. Uh, because I, I have a feeling that they pretty much control everything, predetermined almost every major seat uh, that's up for grabs in the election. But anyway, here's the next clip, and that's going to be in reference to of who we're speaking to or speaking about is uh, Chuck Schumer and cocaine Mitch McConnell. Take a listen. So there you have it. That was House Speaker Kevin McCarthy, and I am your your host, the original Joshy Cox. I'm going to take a quick break. We will be back with more about McCarthy, the U.S. House, as well as the whole situation in Ukraine and what is developing in nation countries and around Europe as well. I got more on that when we come back after this. And see where I hit some loops, green and chrome like I fear. Got sit by Pedro Joe, hunters smoking blow while they bought more kids from Wayfair. Fetterman's on his last life, McCarthy's still taking bribes, Pelosi's drunk and insane. Well, the TV news is on my side, it's Jews, won't say who was on Epstein's plane. Washington Swamp really needs some training, where elections are bought and prearranged to take our pew-pews away. Depends on Spaces, I got Patriot friends. Liberals call us racist. 
I am the most censored man in America. I am the original Joshie Cox. And those of you who already know me know that I'm a firm believer that discretion and censorship are both overrated and overstated, which is why it is anyone's guess as to what I might just say next. I am loud and I am proud. But what makes me most proud today is inviting each and every one of you to The Masquerade, a politically charged podcast that offers a comical and spirited point of view, hosted by yours truly, and possibly a surprise co-host or two. So join me, the original Joshy Cox, as I expose the deep corruption and hypocrisy of the rulers of our fallen democracy. Subscribe and stay tuned for an entire season of all new episodes right here on Spotify, iHeart, HoneyPod, Pocket Cat, Amazon Music, Pod Hero, PCast, Podverse, Podcast Addicts, Capsule, Podomatic, Deezer, Stitcher, Google Podcast, Apple Music, Radio Republic, Memento, Hub Hopper, Fountain, Odyssey, the list goes on, The Mastery Podcast, with me, the original Josh G. Cox. Welcome to The, to the Masquerade. Masquerade, read between the lines. I got Patriot friends, liberals call us racist. Welcome back to the Masquerade. Again, I'm your host, the original Joshy Cox, the Masquerade podcast you're listening to at Spotify, Spotify for podcasters, iHeart, Deezer, Stitcher, Player FM, Moon FM, Audible, Odyssey, iHeart, Google Podcasts, Podcast Kicker, you name it, it's there, the Ma- or the Masquerade podcast, and uh, it doesn't get any better than that. As you heard before the break, Speaker of the House, Kevin McCarthy, never able to uh, stay firm on anything that he says or does. Uh, as you heard, uh, the contradictory statements uh, at one point, he's a, a, a fierce supporter of the uh, war in Ukraine and aiding the Ukrainians in that uh, endeavor. And then he comes back and he says that um, it, when it comes to a, a political standpoint that you know, these, the Senate Democrats, which would include Mitch McConnell, despite being called a Republican, they don't know the rules. They don't know how this works. It's, it's not how it's going to go. It would have to go to the appropriations. And at the end of the day, ladies and gentlemen, you and I both know what's going to happen. Uh, McCarthy will eventually be told from his bosses, the higher-ups, that they want to support Ukraine, and that's the agenda that he will push. And he will have his whips go back into the House and uh, try to accomplish just that, as he did with raising the debt ceiling and had Marjorie Taylor Greene right by his side. And again, hey, I am not a Democrat. I'm not a liberal. I am a conservative. I'm just not a Republican. And I was until the day that McCarthy finally received uh, in the 15th round of voting, received enough votes that he was able to be placed into the uh, Speaker of the House position. That is the day I immediately, and I do mean immediately, change my voter registration to the Constitution Party because I believe in the Constitution of the United States of America. That is the one document that has fought for us and has laid the groundwork for freedom. 
and I will continue to fight and represent that document until the day I die, or until the UN obviously will uh, abolish that with a new human bill of rights for the world in the globalist community. Uh, and that is my biggest fear. And that will happen as long as we continue down this path of helping Ukraine. You don't have to agree with me. You don't have to like me. Uh, that's why we had that episode, episode number two of season four of the Masquerade podcast. Love me, hate me, or love to hate me. Either way, I don't care. I'm not going to lose sleep over it. Uh, but, you know, at the same time, it will be fun to uh, hear what I have to say next because nobody knows exactly just what's going to come out of this mouth because I speak the truth. And I think being a free-thinking, truth-seeking individual is what will benefit this world uh, the most at the end of the day. And as you know, um, members of the House Freedom Caucus ended up abandoning uh, the Capitol this past week uh, before the weekend. And it forced Speaker Kevin McCarthy into allowing them to go home. And uh, obviously, due to the wildfires and some of the clearance in terms of flights out of D.C., he used that as his excuse, although he knew that he had lost total control, which was the fear of him going into the speaker position to begin with. And the uh, House Freedom Caucus ended up, they, they adjourned um, in the House. They went home, and they were steadfast in their beliefs, and I applaud their efforts for that, and I thank them for that. Uh, the leader of that uh, House Freedom Caucus is actually my uh, Pennsylvania. Well, I guess he wouldn't technically be my representative, but he is a representative of the state of Pennsylvania, and that would be Scott Perry. And I appreciate all of his efforts that he puts in. He fought uh, McCarthy tooth and nail when it came down to that uh, speaker vote earlier in the year. Matt Gates, Lauren Boebert, also a member. Dan Bishop has been a, a very instrumental uh, person in fighting for freedoms of the American people. And uh, one person that has not been that, uh, and I'd also like to include, there's been a few others, uh, including um, Ralph Norman and, and some more, but the ones who are not are rhinos to the core. And as they resumed uh, back to the House today, now I don't think that they had all of their uh, representatives on hand. A, a few were absent, and um, that, that led to some debates earlier today on the House floor. In fact, uh, McCall, Representative McCall, he's one individual that I have to bring into question uh, because he heads up the House of Foreign Affairs Committee. He is a chairman. He is a representative out of Texas and, uh, of course, Subcommittee on Urine Chairman or Subcommittee on Europe Chairman uh, Tom Keene out of New Jersey. Uh, Tom Keene Jr., he is a Republican Subcommittee on Middle East, North Africa, and Central Asia Chairman uh, out of South Carolina, Republican Joe Wilson, along with Subcommittee on Europe. Uh, that would be Bill Keating out of Massachusetts and Ted Lieu as well. Um, there's also Jared Golden, uh, and they all announced the introduction of a bipartisan House resolution uh, prior to being adjourned from uh, action last week. Uh, announced the introduction of a bipartisan House resolution aimed at urging the Biden administration to swiftly provide Army tactical missile systems to Ukraine. And that has been their goal. That, that is what the driving force has been. And they are not going to quit until we give away the House. We give away everything that we have in, in terms of our own defense. And that is exactly, it is precisely what I believe is going to happen, is that they will continue to give away everything. That, you know, They will break the bank for one. They've already done so. Uh, and we will continue to accrue more and more uh, foreign debt to be able to uh, continue to establish ourselves or continue operating, I should say. And they will give away all of our ammunition, all of our weaponry. And then they will send out everybody that we have in our armed forces uh, to 
Ukraine to different parts of Europe in that aid uh, to aid allies uh, or what we call allies in, in terms of NATO, which is actually part of a UN agenda as far as I'm concerned. And then they will continue to uh, escalate tensions between China and Taiwan so they can uh, just deploy more and more of our soldiers to the Asian Pacific in order to assist in those efforts. And they will leave us completely defenseless as our border continues to be overrun. And we will have nothing to defend ourselves with. Nothing. As they will continue to strike the Second Amendment of the Constitution as hard as they can. While we have Chinese nationals roaming through our country, we have about everything that you can imagine coming from uh, South America, Latin America. We have Afghan refugees that have been brought by the Biden administration or the O-Biden administration. Is, yeah, that's my own uh, personal belief. They have you know, Afghan refugees that were flown in to our country to seek asylum and refuge as well. And that's when I think the, uh, the hostile takeover will occur. And that's part of the reason, too, that you know, they, they want to uh, take on China right now. But at the same time, they had no problems taking money from China and selling out to China. Bill Gates is currently the leading uh, owner. He owns more farmland than any other individual farmland owner. But China and the Communist Chinese Party owns plenty more of that property as well. And what's left is a little bit of minority of the American farming um, enterprise, if you will. And that's a, a very, very scary thought. Um, Chairman uh, McCall, he, another again, a rhino, he said, by not giving Ukraine the weapons it needs to win this war, the administration is prolonging the conflict and costing countless Ukrainian lives. The success of Ukraine's counteroffensive is directly tied to the military assistance provided by the U.S. and our allies. As such, it is extremely disappointing the administration is sitting on billions in remaining military funding with which it could immediately transfer these missile systems to Ukraine and in turn help their armed forces make a major difference on the battlefield. I just... He says, I'm proud to introduce a bipartisan resolution which calls upon the Biden administration to prioritize the provision of Army tactical missile systems to Ukraine. Uh, and those systems can help Ukraine in its crucial counteroffensive. And I hope this bipartisan message can unlock this long overdue policy decision. He continues. Uh, actually, this goes to uh, Representative Wilson, then, who says, Ukrainians have given everything to save their country and families from Putin's genocidal invasion. Delays in sending critical weapons cost countless lives. Our allies have provided longer-range munitions, trusting that Ukraine will use these weapons responsibly. The sooner Ukraine receives these missile systems, the sooner they can secure victory. Uh, Ranking Member Keating uh, had a few things to say as well. He said, Ukraine is at a pivotal point in their fight against Russian aggression. For this reason, I believe the U.S. should provide Ukraine with sufficient numbers of the Army tactical missile systems, which still maintaining or while still maintaining u.s military readiness to ensure their success the u.s has worked with ukraine to fulfill the vast majority of ukraine's weapons systems requests and how i don't know how anyone could not see this as wrong he continues on while i do not believe we should be providing systems that cause indiscriminate harm to civilians such as cluster munitions these missile systems will allow Ukraine to strike high-value Russian military targets that are current and ex- or that are current inaccessible in Russian-occupied Ukraine. Uh, Ted Luce steps in and says, "We must provide the Ukrainians with what they need to win. This is a war. The side that makes that the decision to win is the side that will win." I'm pleased to co-sponsor this resolution urging the Biden administration to provide Ukraine with the long-range missile systems they have repeatedly requested. 
Currently, Russia's arsenal of long-range missiles largely outnumbers that of Ukraine, putting Ukraine at a significant disadvantage. Okay. What's that have to do with us? Well, he continues on to say, I applaud the United Kingdom and France for providing Ukraine with long-range missiles and believe the United States should follow suit. Providing Ukraine with these missiles will expand Ukraine's capabilities and help Ukraine win. Representative Gordon finished off uh, the matter by saying, we should give the Ukrainians the things they need to win this war. Which tells me, and I can't help but to be of this opinion, that every one of these representatives that are speaking in this manner have some sort of financial tie to Ukraine. That had some sort of part in a 2014 coup that had taken place uh, that was basically a CIA operation and a Council on Foreign Relations operation. But it was executed by none other than Barack Hussein Obama, Joseph Robinette Biden Jr., and don't forget about Victoria Nuland, who was very instrumental in that coup and the takeover. In fact, Klitschko was probably next in line uh, as a member of parliament to you know, succeed, and instead they put in somebody, eventually uh, Zelensky, who had found his place in the uh, presidential chair in 2018. And that guy is a joke. That guy is making a mockery of the United States of America and all of the income that he is inheriting, which is our tax dollars at stake. Again, you you can decide on your own, discern for yourself. You can have your own opinions, but I'm telling you now, what you're being told by the mainstream media is not anywhere near true. And the mainstream media has plenty to say. In fact, I just saw uh, an article when we were at the break. It was NATO Secretary General saying that Ukraine's gaining ground against Russia in counteroffensive. This is all to drive a narrative so the American people will think that, well, if we finish this thing off and we give them these tactical army missile systems, that that might be enough to finish this war in Ukraine. And that is a lie. They are trying to continue the war in Ukraine as long as they possibly can because it couldn't be any more true. Ukraine is not gaining ground. Russia is dominating that war. And what most people aren't being told by the mainstream fake news media, boy, I sound like Donald Trump right now, but the truth is the truth. I mean, uh, I have some things in question that I'm going to bring up as well about him, but the one thing that he did teach us and help open our eyes to uh, in terms of perspective is the fact that the the news media is fake. It is lamestream media. It is fake news. And that they are a, a weaponry system of not just the Democratic Party, but of the Uniparty, which consists of both sides, as you see here with uh, McCall and company, you know, all in their offensive and, and trying to support Ukraine in the, in the fashion that they are. Your, your people like uh, Mitch McConnell and you know, your Chuck Schumer. And my bet is that by giving away all of our weaponry, then we can place more orders and that we can also then influence other countries into placing orders into many of our defense contractors, which the majority of those contractors of defense contractors that, that secure the entire world in, in terms of providing uh, you know, equipment and, and ammunition and so forth reside right here in the United States of America, and many of them are located right here in D.C. Well, not here, but in D.C. or Alexandria, Virginia, or, or no, I'm sorry, Arlington, Virginia, and, and around the, the greater D.C. Beltway area. And we're talking about the likes of your, your General Dynamics, your Lockheed Martins, uh, your Grunmans. Uh, Rayovac is now in, in the game as well. And there's, there's a list of many more Corning uh, Corporation you know, there, there's so many that you can't even count, and it all goes into the military-industrial complex. 
which, in fact, if we're going to go to there, we can bring up the fact that Dwight E. Eisenhower, the, the former general and former president of the United States of America, had actually warned us when we developed the military-industrial complex that he could, uh, he could very easily see the MIC gaining entirely too much power at one point and becoming a, you know, weaponized. And if we have learned anything from our country's insatiable desire to either have war or declare war ourselves on other countries, or just to have the involvement in another two nations or several nations' wars uh, and conflicts, it is a fact that somebody's making money off the military-industrial complex. Somebody is making money off of the defense contractors, which is why most of these defense contractors, or I will say all of them, really, uh, and again, we learned that last uh, last episode when we discussed Marjorie Taylor Greene, they all sponsor, they all donate to the cause, to the campaigns of these people that are representing and uh, or running our country. They're not really representing your constituency. I can tell you that much right now. And I think anyone listening to this, or most of you will agree with such. But th- this is a crime as far as I'm concerned. Especially when you talk about the CIA, which uh, I think I've spoken on this before. The CIA is not controlled by the United States government. It is funded by the United States government and other sources. And it began as a United States intelligence community, as part of the United States intelligence community. But just like the military-industrial complex, uh, as the warnings uh, that we did not heed to uh, from Dwight Eisenhower, the CIA has outgrown the United States government. And now it runs the United States government. It has been a part of so many coups around the world, including Iraq, and we saw that ourselves. How many weapons of mass destruction were found in Iraq uh, in possession were being controlled by uh, Saddam Hussein? I will wait for that answer. I think it's going to be a very long time until you're able to provide uh, an answer that would say one or more, because there were none. But yet the entire meaning of that war, supposedly by uh, George H.W. Bush and George W. Bush's idiot son, both wars were because of terrorism, because they had weapons of mass destruction, but not one, ladies and gentlemen, not one was ever found. Not one was located. Not one was ever spoken of. Because there were none. But it was a reason to go to war, and it was a reason to spread peer, er, fear porn all around the United States. And it was a way to gain this trust and the support of the American people to go to war. Because while we don't gain anything from war, and most of the time nobody does, uh, anyone that's actually directly involved in war, especially in terms of casualties or victims of war, no one gains anything. But there are a few that do gain things. They gain profit, whether it be a direct payment or whether it be gifts and kickbacks, vacations, trips, maybe you know, golf memberships. Everybody in D.C. is getting rich, except for you and I, and that's a problem. That is a major problem. In fact, today's session in the House, I had taken a look at that, as I do every day, and I look at what was on the House floor, what the House floor activities uh, consisted of, and that's why I say I'm not sure if all the members of the House Freedom Caucus or maybe members that weren't in the Freedom Caucus, but some Republicans of the House uh, did not make it back for the return here this week, or at least not yes, or at least not today anyway, but... Um, because that was a problem that ended up 
uh, suspending some votes was because McCall and company spoke up. Uh, McCall spoke up not once but twice on two different bills that were actually involving uh, matters in the Ukraine. And he wanted to suspend activity and not take a vote because his quorum was not there. What a quorum in, uh, entails is having the majority, having 218 votes necessary out of whatever the, you know your majority may be, which uh, I think the Democrats own 222 seats in the U.S. House of Representatives currently out of the 435. And he didn't have his quorum there to be able to sort, because a lot of it, it was rules. Whether or not to suspend this rule and move on with the vote or, you know, and that's why he didn't want to vote in the party line because he knew that even in his own party line, he didn't have the quorum there, which was exactly uh, the, the precise argument that he had made. So because of that, that did not happen. And honestly, I'm glad because I would want the quorum there because I know the quorum, if it is members of the House Freedom Caucus, I know where they stand and I know that they, they feel the same way as I do. The news media lies in so many ways. In fact, I read a report yesterday that was talking about Russia and about the downfall of the Russian government and about you know, their, their economic state and the ruble is, is being just decimated and that it was not going to be worth anything and that couldn't be any further from the truth. The fact of the matter is part of this new financial alliance between Russia and China is the fact that it's going to have the ruble is going to be reinstalled with a gold backing to it which is something that our United States government wants nothing to do with because that would empower you and I. That would, that would pretty much do away with a central banking system because we wouldn't need the central banks because we would have a gold standard and every bank would be held accountable to that. They would have to have a gold standard as a deposit matcher it, because right now they're taking the deposits that you and I take in there and they're going to lend against it, but they're going to lend a lot more than what they're bringing in. That's called a deficit. And that's how we continue to increase our national deficit, which is now up over $33 trillion until it's all said and done in another four years because of the raising the debt ceiling. It's going to be raised another $4 trillion to save a trillion and a half in a very short period of time. We're going to sacrifice $4 trillion as the overall picture. The math is not adding up. Read between the lines. And now I'm getting heated because I, I, I'm just so over the narratives. And it's not just, you know, I'm not the only one seeing this, obviously, because there's things that are happening all around the world that many people are not aware of. Yeah, you know, I don't I don't like Macron, uh, Emmanuel Macron, the uh, prime minister of France, I, or uh, the president of France. I don't like him one bit. I think the guy is a weasel. I think he's phony. I think he can be bought out, you know, in, in a very quick fashion. But at the same time, when, you know, you have real patriots in France— and they are real patriots. And I'm speaking about the citizens, the French people that occupy the, you know, the streets in the territory of France, the country of France. And they're standing up. They're saying we've had enough of Macron, and this is what we're going to show you, and this is what we're going to do. And this is what will continue as long as you're going to be in power and you're going to continue to rule in the, in the fashion or the manner that you do. So Macron's not dumb. He's a weasel, but he's not dumb. He's talking about eliminating the ties uh, that would make them allies of the United States. Very, very long time allies from the very beginning of time, actually. I mean, allegedly, that's where our Statue of Liberty came from, was a gift. A gift from the French. Because we were there as big brother, and I'm sure we profited highly off of helping them fight their wars. 
And that came actually uh, from Poland's prime minister, who was speaking uh, about Macron, and he's leaning towards China. And he doesn't want involved in the, in the Taiwanese and uh, the Chinese war. That is, that is going to soon be ensuing. It is inevitable. He doesn't want to be told you know, by the U.S. when they have to assist in certain wars that they had no part in otherwise. But you know what? Poland's prime minister is brainwashed to this idea. And he, he's speaking out about it and uh, pretty much um, throwing flame at Macron in France. Because we have been longtime allies, if you will. I'm using uh, air quotations. You just cannot see me. Uh, but they're, they're very much a part of this. And that's where I think a lot of the, the child trafficking, which is, I think, a, a major, major underlying uh, business operation that it, this whole war is about, in, in, a, in a sense, or at least our support of this war is about, is to try to prevent the uncovering, uh, the excavation findings uh, that would be known with child trafficking. Because Poland is one of those neighboring countries, a bordering country to Ukraine, that had that saw so many women and children sent to the border and placed on their trains and being shipped out of harm's way. But nobody remembers that about the fact that, you know, everybody, all the men were to take their women and children to the borders, kiss them goodbye, and get to war. Now you're hearing a narrative about, you heard Kevin McCarthy earlier talking about all the innocent children being killed. Well, the news media also plays a hand in that with doctored videos and editing because I've seen many contradictory stories. I can tell you this much, Bulgaria is very tired of the, uh, the efforts in, um, of the United States. And just like Ukraine, the United States was instrumental in installing their current government structure, which many people are calling in Bulgaria, calling it a fake government and a government that they're not willing to recognize as such, as being a government. And the same exact thing happened, another CIA coup. You can't make this stuff up. And uh, Republicans that are listening to me that are upset, I'm sorry. I mean, I'm really not. I'm sorry more for you that you're not able to see that this is not uh, a Republican-Democrat type of deal. We have some good Republicans on the House. I'm not going to say that we don't. There's a handful, maybe two handfuls. But it's time to drop the party lines and see that there's a uniparty that has been infesting our country, our homes, our lives, our personal lives for too many years. The swamp is full, ladies and gentlemen. The swamp is full. And I I know that there's going to be people that are unhappy with me saying these things because that's exactly what happened on Facebook uh, about a week ago. When I released the the evidence that I had uh, that was very supportive Um, of the fact that Marjorie Taylor Greene has the wrong motives in terms of her motivation for being in Congress, not necessarily for the American people, though she speaks a big game, but so that she can enrich her life through her uh, financial profile, her investment portfolios. And I released that story on Facebook, and I suddenly had my life threatened. Not once, but twice. Uh, By a man by the name of... uh, of Ken Roth or Kenneth Roth. Well, after doing some research, I found out that he actually uh, is somebody that has their own notoriety or fame. He is an attorney and he was, uh, I guess he was a Harvard grad because he was offered a fellowship deal with Harvard University 
but then it was rescinded at one point because of Ross, uh, as they were call it, anti-Semitism, uh, I guess his stance talking badly about Israel. But so they rescinded at that time, but now they were offering him yet. He must have cleaned up his uh, his public image in regards to uh, Israel because they were offering him now a, uh, a fellowship again. Well, he's doxing me, but not only doxing me, but threatening my life. He told me that I need to be removed from human society permanently. And then he comes back with, now it's time to find out where you work and where you live. I don't know how to take that any other way than that's, that's definitely a, uh, a substantial threat on my life. Because what, why else would you need that information? And if you need it to, so you can locate me, you must have some sort of ill will or uh, you know, intentions of removing me from human society permanently, and he doesn't have the jurisdiction to do that in a legal frame, so, you know, and imprison me. So I'm guessing that he he could only mean one other thing. And I'm, that's not going to be enough to silence me, Ken, if you're listening to the show or anybody else, for that matter, that feels that way. And that's the problem. We have too much division. And here I am. I'm out here trying to be uh, somebody of an, a man of integrity when it comes to what I do, and that, and that is research, and that is calling out and educating people. I'm not doing any of this based on my own my own personal opinions or feelings because that could change from day to day based on what I learned, new evidence that comes in against certain individuals. My only ambition, my only motivating factor that drives me to do this show, the Masquerade Podcast, here on Spotify or iHeart or Audacity or Audible, Amazon Music, actually Apple Music as well, your iTunes, you can hear it there, Google Podcasts. Player FM, Radio Republic, uh, Podcast Republic, anywhere that you could possibly think of, you'll hear this podcast, the Masquerade Podcast, season number four. This is episode number six in the making. But my whole motivation of this entire show and what I do with my online community and my followers, Joshua Hollicks Worldwide, is to basically provide education because as I do that, I'm educating myself. There was a time when I was a fan of of MTG. But when I learned something you know, so corrupt, that drives a spike through my heart, and then I have to I have to help wake people up because we cannot continue to be led to the calling. And that is one of my biggest fears, is that we're being led to the calling. I, I don't know any other way to look at it as. And I'm gonna be honest with you, I have my own reservations about the president, uh, President Donald Trump the 45th president of the United States. I continue to see more and more things about him that really make me wonder, is this a, you know, is this a, an act, the ultimate act? This would probably be the most ultimate betrayal of the United States citizens in the history of our country. Would be the possibility, and I'm not saying this is happening. Don't get me wrong, Trumpers. Like, don't don't hate me instantly. But I, I just want to encourage everybody and I'm not, I'm not out there supporting any of his uh, opposition or you know, any of his possible opponents either. I'm just saying I think everybody has to be realistic. And I think you have to be a critical thinker and free your mind, open your mind to every idea. So that way the sting and the burden, if it does come true and it comes to fruition later, so it, it's not going to be such a, you know, such a burden to you. But wouldn't it be the ultimate betrayal of, of this shadow government, this deep state, this new world order? which all three, by the way, are in a sense separate entities that operate a, a little bit differently from one another, but they all have the same the same common goal. But wouldn't that be the ultimate betrayal is if Donald Trump leads us to the calling? If he leads us to the takeover and then he bows out and, you know, all of a sudden, it's, and, you know, they can blame it on Democrats. And at that point, if it's a true takeover, they will have us cornered and we won't have any way out. 
and he can bow out and he can save his own reputation because it won't matter from that point anyway. But, you know, he can say, look, they, they did everything they could. You know, the Democrats kept me from being able to run or from being able to win this election. And if we would have a free and fair uh, an election, it would not be free and fair. I can almost assure you of that. George Soros, one of the, the worst terrorists uh, in, in the world today, and as far as I'm concerned, 92 years of age, has just recently announced that he is handing over the reins of his empire, his fortune, which is multiple billions of dollars, in open societies, his foundation, to his younger son, 37-year-old Alex. Alex Soros said that he is even more political than his father and to expect big things in the upcoming election. So the fact that, you know, a lot of people are just, they're not even concerned about the way of the world right now. Everything is 2024. Just wait till 2024. Well, I heard that about the midterm elections in the red wave. And I'm tired of waiting. That time is now. We keep hearing it. Everyone's putting their everything, all eggs in one basket under Donald Trump. One man, because no one will stand up and fight for themselves. And that is a problem that doesn't sit well with me. President Barack Obama had issued Executive Order 13603. Read it for yourself and you will see that it directly implies that human beings, American citizens, can be used for labor with no compensation in the case of an emergency, a declaration of emergency on a national scale. They can then take away all of our supplies. They can take away our vehicles. It explicitly says this. Take away our vehicles. Take away all means of water electricity, communication, the power grid, electricity. And then they can make us be laborers for the greater cause of America without any compensation. It is slavery. It, it, it's, it speaks of detention camps and the future American Holocaust that they have planned for us. And that could have been undone. How many executive orders did Joe Biden undo with his own executive orders that were put in place by Donald Trump? So why couldn't Donald Trump have undone that executive order? There was already an executive order uh, back in uh, 1994 uh, that pertains to this exact uh, EO, this new EO, and it that basically amended that EO that was from uh, Bill Clinton. So even if it wasn't a new executive order undoing this one, a lot of stipulations could have been amended by an executive order action, which the president holds as the head of the executive branch. And then there's more. There's his own executive orders that he had enacted uh, during his time of presidency that do not sit with me very well either. One is Executive Order 13887, which was authored on September 19th, 2019, rather, and it was published on September 24th, 2019. And this one's a bit concerning for me, and I'm sorry, but because of what we saw with Pfizer and with his support for so long, his undying support to the COVID vaccines, uh, this executive order 13887 is called Modernizing Influenza Vaccines in the United States to Promote National Security and Public Health. Notice the wording. To promote those items. If that doesn't scream agenda, and, and the problem with that is, and look this up, I really want you to read this for yourselves. Executive Order 13887, he says the name pandemic. The word pandemic is listed 15 times within this five-page executive order. What took place in 2019 shortly after the publishing of this executive order? 
on October 18, 2019, uh, John Hopkins University, the World Economic Forum, the United Nations, and the World Health Organization, along with the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, and Harvard University, and the Rockefeller Foundation, held Event 201, which was to simulate the global response to a global pandemic. And now Trump's out here a month before, not even a month before, promoting vaccines to promote national security and national health. And he's actually talking about what the, the former influenza vaccines and how they were egg-based and talking about new innovative ways, new alternative ways of vaccines. What was the MRA, MRA, mRNA vaccine? That was an experimental process that is continuing to kill people all, all around the world. And it also actually speaks of in this exact executive order, which I don't have time to read to you tonight, but I hope you take the time to look up Executive Order 13887, and you'll see that he talks over and over frequently about fast, fast response with this vaccine, ways to, to quicken the manufacturing process. And that really that, that's really worrisome to me. There's one other one as well. And that is Executive Order 13874, Executive Order 13874, signed by President Donald Trump, modernizing the regulatory framework for agricultural biotechnology products. And he's not talking about adding more restrictions and more regulation. In fact, there's a couple different places that, well, right here it says, such a system must both foster public confidence in biotechnology and avoid undue regulatory burdens. Which is basically, you know, avoid. I mean, what, what? how else could you perceive that to be? It, I, I don't like this whatsoever. And I don't see how anyone could. In fact, it even says here, um, let me see where it was at. Each of the agencies shall take steps to update its regulations and the guidance as necessary and appropriate to remove undue barriers that impede small private United States developers, the United States government, and academic institutions from bringing innovative and safe genome edited specialty crop plant products to the marketplace. And here, domestic engagement strategy. Within 180 days of the date of this order, the secretary in coordination with the administrator, the commissioner, and any other administration officials that the secretary deems appropriate shall develop an action plan to facilitate engagement with consumers in order to build public confidence in and acceptance of the use of safe biotechnology in agriculture and in the food system. The food system. We are being poisoned each and every day, and he was a part of it. There's nothing safe about biotechnology and GMOs. And when you open the floodgates, you open the gate to that as even a realm of possibility of, of having genetically manu manufactured organisms placed into our food products, you're opening the gates to Bill Gates. It'll be hijacked immediately. And you can't tell me that if he's that naive, then that's a man that I don't know if I'd want to be president again anyway. There's no way anyone can be that naive. Or maybe he's just a part of the New World Order. And I'm not promoting Ron DeSantis at all because I think that he's too much in line with the, with the establishment Republicans. My point is, I think we are fucked, ladies and gentlemen, and I don't think there's anyone coming to save us. I don't. Call me a radical. Call me an extremist, if you will. But I think it's damn time that American people stand up and take a cue from those in, in the French, 
the French people in France and, and see the people of Brazil and, and the uh, protests that they had for so long. Everyone's terrified by January 6th. That's because January 6th wasn't done properly. It was done based on impulse. I was there and I, I didn't get arrested because I didn't break the law. And maybe laws need to be broken. I don't know, but I'm telling you now, we need to organize and we need to do something that is a lot more constructive and foolproof because we have 350 million Americans that should be pissed off right now. I sound like Alex Jones, but I am proud to sound like Alex Jones at this moment. We need to unite, ladies and gentlemen. We need to unite as one. And we need, they do these coups all the time. Over 80 coups from our CIA. Maybe the people need to stand up and have one for themselves. That is going to be all for tonight. I already have another show planned for episode 7, season 4 of the Masquerade Podcast, episode number 6 in the books. I am the original Joshy Cox. I love each and every one of you. Don't forget to tune in next time. Share it with family. Share it with friends. The Masquerade Podcast. Welcome to the Masquerade. Read between the lines. Fight back for freedom. And God bless America. God bless each and every one of you. Behind everybody. Was at his back door. Dancing gay pride. Be Olympic in fights. We finance Zelensky's Ukraine war. Created COVID-19. Bill Gates vaccines to isolate family and friends. Just so big lies about a campaign in Trump.